I'm Nadia Felsch, anti-diet nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counsellor. In this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. In this episode, I'll be diving into the three most common hurdles that folks experience when on their intuitive eating journey, the three most common obstacles, if you will, to feeling intuitive, connected, and trusting in your body. Those hurdles are feeling guilty for eating, feeling that your eating is out of control, and feeling unhappy in your body. So in this episode, I'm going to go step-by-step through these hurdles and really break down and explore how we commonly try to fix those because we don't want to experience them, why that's not working, why that's not serving you to get you where you want to be, and then what can we do from here? So you and I, we were born with the innate knowledge of our needs. We cried for food when we wanted it. We pushed food away when we didn't want it. And it's for a variety of reasons that that, what really is called connection and trust in body, that was eroded. So we started to learn about food and, you know, realistically, I think we all learn in a really similar way, different sources, our families, our friends, the schools we went to, media, entertainment, really the world at large taught us a version that that food is good or bad. Food is therefore healthy, unhealthy. You should eat mostly good food. You should mostly avoid bad foods. And if you do, potentially everything will be great. You know, it's this idea that if you eat too much of something that's greedy, that's bad, that leads to unhealth, that leads to fatness. And, and really upfront, we got that message really early about what happens to bodies when you eat certain things and how that is very bad. And really it, it's, it's this core concept that you just need to know which ones are good and you just need to eat them. We learned this binary version of food. And why that's also important when it comes to these hurdles of being an intuitive eater and recovering from the diet mentality is that what we also therefore learned in this binary kind of version of food is we learned to outsource information. So when we are so used to as little ones, knowing what we need and asking for it, screaming, crying, kicking, whatever, verbally asking, We now have all these interruptions, like what we're learning at school. Oh, chocolate's really bad for me. Oh, okay. And at the same time, grandma very casually might be asking, do you really need that, dear? And all of this, you know, tiny micro moments add up to feeling like we are now disconnected. And over time, what what has occurred is what's left us feeling guilty when we eat certain foods, feeling out of control, feeling unhappy in our body. And it's actually the goal of intuitive eating as a framework to restore that connection. It is not the goal of intuitive eating to have you eating any particular way or doing any particular thing. It is in in fact to restore that connection and trust. That's the goal, to offer you a framework to recover from what you have been through with the diet mentality and with chronic dieting. And, And the goal, the biggest sense here is that you are the expert of you. If you've listened to me on the pod before or engaged with me on socials, you've heard me talk about you being the expert of you. So it's really about putting you back in charge. And that's what's going to bring you true, true peace and, and control, if you will, around food. So let's dive into these hurdles. So hurdle number one, and this is really in no particular order, but I think it's it, it makes more sense to kind of explore them in this sense. Hurdle number one is that you feel guilty for eating. And this might be some foods. This might be food in general. This might be amounts of foods. Essentially, you experience an emotional response being guilt. And how you really 
like truthfully have likely tried to deal with that, how you try to fix that rather, is it makes sense. You go, okay, I feel guilty for eating chips. I'm not going to eat chips. So simple. I get it. I won't buy chips. I won't bring them home. Because the belief here is I always want these bad things. You know, going back to binary, I've been taught this is bad for me. That's why I feel guilty. I need more self-control. This is bad for me. It's just easier if I'm not tempted. I don't need to have it at home. Then I don't think about it. That's all great until you want them again or until they're around and you still don't feel more in control. And that's why this doesn't work because it actually is reinforcing the fact that you can't trust yourself because you're not ever having experiences around chips or donuts or ice cream. Please make a note as well that it's not all foods. It's some foods that you feel guilty for eating. Really what is happening here is you're not getting the chance to ever experience them in any other way. And the real hurdle is not the food, it's not your control, it's actually the binary food belief in the first place that says don't have this, don't have this, don't have this. That's where the guilt comes from. It's not the food, it's the narrative about the food. And it's really important that we try in our own experience to reflect on has this guilt and has my response to therefore limiting the food so I don't feel guilty, has that actually helped me? Do I now hang around chips and cool, it's no big deal because it doesn't work like that. We actually feel less and less trusting because we don't have any other experiences. So we need to start to look at, can we dismantle the the hierarchy of food that we have? Can Can we notice at the very core, can we just start to notice how often we say it to ourselves on a daily basis? Oh, that's bad. And why do we think that's bad? Who told us that's bad? What makes it bad? Like really challenge yourself. What is it about the food that is so problematic? What do you think is going to happen? It's so ingrained for us to have the knee jerk of it's bad, but we often don't give it the second a moment to kind of consider what are we saying? Where did this come from? Can we start to bring in some neutrality? That's not to say that foods are all the same. It's to say that they are not moral. They are not good or bad because that's moral. Food is food and it is neutral. And it's way more powerful to your well-being and to your health that you have calm, neutral experiences around food so you can make the best choice for you. And on that point specifically, if you want a little bit more support, I would listen to episode 32. It goes into a lot more about food guilt. So hurdle number two is your eating feels out of control. And this is all kinds of things. This is I'm eating past fullness. I feel like I can't stop eating. It's like I just have to eat. Uh, you, you really, you don't feel connected to your body. You feel like you can't even, if I say, when do you feel hungry? And what does that hunger feel like? And what happens half an hour later you're going to feel a bit lost, right? You're not able to regularly attend to your body. So how we try to fix this, because the story here is this is bad and it can feel really bad. I want to validate that experience of yours entirely, but we don't, we, we see it a different way. How we try to fix this is we look for more outside information, to help us feel more in control because the story is, I don't know what to do. I need to be told what to do. I need more self-control. I need to be good. And this is actually, I believe where diets and diet plans can be very alluring because they have structure. Someone's telling you what to do. You don't have to think about it because if you don't trust yourself and food is good or bad, food is also very overwhelming. And now I don't have to think about this. And 
The reason why this doesn't work to have you feeling more empowered and peaceful is because you actually never figure out anything about you. So you're you're really good all day and then you get more out of control as a natural biological response. It's reinforcing just like binary food beliefs, it, it reinforces that you can't trust yourself. So think about the last time you went on any kind of plan. What happened the day after you stopped? Maybe you couldn't even finish the plan because it was too unbearable. It never helps you get to the place you want, but it's a really understandable fix that has been forced upon you. This is what you're meant to do. And the real hurdle here is that we are disconnected from our bodies in so many senses. I'm going to keep it as simple as possible here and not get too complicated. And just think about restriction. You know, do you think you eat enough food through the day? A really, a really easy way to assess that is not numbers, is how much do you think about food? How much is it on your mind? And I'm not talking about, oh, I can't wait to eat that yummy thing or make that yummy thing. I mean, how often are you fo- focused and fixated on food? Because that's a sign you're not eating enough. It's a sign. And if we're restricting, even unintentionally, the type of food that we eat, we're going to be more focused on that food. And if we're not eating enough food, that is biologically going to lead to overhunger. And overhunger is chaotic, out of control, feels awful, happens to all of us. It's required to keep us alive. So it's really important if, if, you're, if you're now, maybe for the first time, considering, wow, I'm not very connected to my body. First of all, give yourself a break. It's okay. There is a way forward. There is a way back to your body. So where can you start? What is clear to you? What about your body stands out? What signals does it communicate? Maybe that you need to wee. I kind of need to wee right now. That's being communicated. What do you know about your body? And it really is important to kind of validate yourself that eating can feel out of control. Everything about your body can feel out of control when we are disconnected from it. And that really leads us to the final hurdle in this episode, in this most common hurdles that I see in the intuitive eating journey is being unhappy in your body. And this really can be compounded from being guilty, feeling guilty rather for eating food, being out of control around food and compounded into, I hate my body. It feels awful. All of that can be happening in the same moment. And so we feel uncomfortable in our body. We're unhappy with the body, the size that it is, the weight that it is. And we have one fix that we have been reinforced over and over to try to help us not feel so terrible. And what do you think that is? Hey, 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 big guess. I'm going to try and lose weight or I'm going to try and not gain weight. I'm going to try and micromanage my weight. I am going to micromanage my weight. I'm going to weigh everything I eat. I'm going to track all my calories. I'm going to cut back on those bad foods, see how they all interrelate. I'm going to feel really guilty. Oh, okay, I need to get good again. I need to micromanage my weight. I need to lose weight because therefore then I'll be healthier. I'll be happier. I won't be uncomfortable. We don't at all consider all of the things that got us to this point because what we've been told is that thinner is better. And in that point, there might actually be a million reasons why you don't feel great and that's valid, but we've been taught to focus on one thing, the belief being I need to lose weight, that thinner is better. And why you don't want to do this, actually, I'm going to take that back. Why this doesn't help give you what you want because your body, your choice, why this won't make you happier, why this won't make you feel more in control, more empowered, more caring about your body, more connected, it won't. Because it gives you one option 
The option is losing weight. And it reinforces that you, so by saying I need to lose weight, we are inherently saying my body is a problem to fix. So we uphold that fat phobic value, which is very hard to overcome when we're engaging in it directly because we're, we're so in it. The other thing it does, I said, we don't get another option because for most humans, if you've ever listened to me before, engage with, with my work online, for almost every single person, it isn't possible in the long term to change our body without that having, you know, disordered behaviors attached to it and an adverse impact to our well-being. So now the fix that we've been taught won't help won't help us feel more free, won't help us feel freer around food, that's for sure. But we don't have any other options because, hey, this isn't going to work. And that's actually where the pain comes. The pain of knowing, and I see this a lot, the anger that people can feel about learning that dieting isn't successful for most people from a sense of keeping weight off. What they can be left with is feeling so rejected and dejected because that's the only thing they ever been taught was the option. And so the hurdle here is not actually your body. I know you've spent a life thinking that it is, and that won't go in this podcast episode or next week, but it absolutely is important to acknowledge that the real hurdle is fat phobia and possibly internalized weight bias. If you are living in a larger body, you can't have internalized fat phobia. If you do not live in a marginalized body. So for instance, I have, can have fat phobia. I cannot have internalized fat phobia. So internalized weight bias, fat phobia is the hurdle. That's the thing to overcome here, not your body. And so partly what I think is so powerful here is to start to notice that you actually have options. And maybe to date, I know this is hard to sit with. Maybe to date, you've only ever been shown that there is one option. Smaller body equals better. It it equals happier. It equals Absolutely, something's being easier in life, for sure. Fat stigma is real. Weight stigma is real. You might have more clothing options. You might be more comfortable in seating. You might actually be able to be okay in seats. There are absolutely external factors that would be easier for people in larger bodies if they're in smaller bodies. And you still have options. And for those of us who are not in larger bodies, myself included, fat phobia hurts all of us. It just hurts marginalized bodies way more. And that is the hurdle to focus on, not your body. I want to ask you to consider how do you you want to feel in your body and about your body? Do you want to feel more mobile? Do you want to feel fitter? Whatever that means to you. Like maybe um, you want to get upstairs easier. That's something I hear. Do you want to feel less bothered by what your appearance is? I know that was a goal that I had in this work initially. Do you want to feel free to wear whatever you want? What is it that you want to feel? Do you want to feel great around food? Do you want to go back to cooking? Really dive into what it is that is making you unhappy. And what if you could feel that way without your body changing? How does that feel? How does that sit? Starting to explore that you do have options. And I would invite you to listen to episode 20 of this podcast where I I really do unpack wanting to lose weight. Uh, I using a, an actual kind of exploration of what someone was sharing and the fat phobia that they were experiencing, but I can't deal with this, but I don't want to keep gaining weight. Surely this is bad for me because it's all valid. How you feel is so valid. And I want to remind you that you have options. Your body has never been the problem. And it, in fact, 
all you've ever been taught is to try to change it. So in summary, these hurdles of feeling guilty for eating, feeling disconnected from your body, feeling unhappy in your body, they are all interrelated. They don't exist in silos. They all influence one another. So it's going to be really difficult, as I see with clients, to experience true permission to eat when we are feeling like we need to micromanage our body. So we need to work on all of these things simultaneously. And it is important to really acknowledge here that the process of coming back to your body is hard. It's an up and down process. It can be incredibly hard and emotional. So is dieting, by the way. Dieting is a nightmare. This work differs in that you have wins all the time. And those wins are things that you might not even imagine are even possible for you. And I hear that a lot too. I never thought this was possible for me. I never thought I could feel this way about food. I never thought I would go all this time without even thinking about what I'm doing being wrong or right. There are so many more options for you that you might not even know are options. And I know it's it can feel a little like the, the kind of flaws coming out from underneath you when you first begin this, you don't know where to start. And I think what is most important is acknowledging that, that you will need a framework, you will need structure, and you will very likely need support. And I would really invite you to reach out for that support and to not suffer alone in silence. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You'll find all the links and notes in my in, in the episode link for the podcast player that you're listening on or at nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.